0: this is the fight back podcast hosted by georgia very if you're passionate about martial arts mental health and women lifting up women then stay right where you are babe this podcast is for you you
1: need to know that nobody shapes me
0: Guests today are Som and Joe from JS Muay Thai. This is an awesome episode for me to be able to record. These girls are locals. They're from Melbourne and they're really quite successful in the local Muay Thai scene. So they're some of the first female fighters that I saw and that I looked up to before I stepped into the ring. So a little bit of a found girl moment for me, but I hope you enjoy this conversation where we get into the mental health, the weight cutting, the good, the bad, and yeah, the experiences that they've had in becoming the fighters that they are today. I hope you enjoy. All right, I'm here today with Som and Joe from JS Muay Thai. They've both got incredible Muay Thai stories. I'm so excited to chat to them both about their individual careers and their new joint venture. Uh, so why don't we start with JS Muay Thai, actually? If one of you want to explain what what is JS Muay Thai?
2: Um, so basically, JS Muay Thai is our name. So J for Joanne and um, S for Sam. And then both of us fight Muay Thai. So therefore, JS and then Muay Thai.
0: And what is Muay Thai? So,
3: what is JS Muay Thai? So, pretty much, um, you know, we, from our why it started, it's just because we were talking one day on mm-hmm. our run. You know, from our experience, we feel that. Um, girls, they feel a little bit intimidated when they want to start Muay Thai and sometimes that's hold them back. So we're like, why don't we, you know, have a female place where everyone can start Muay Thai and they feel comfortable and it taught, it taught uh, by female trainers and that's how JS Muay Thai starts. So we want to create the environment that feels comfortable for females to start doing Muay Thai so that they can feel more confidence, and, you know, they can go out and maybe join the gym when they know a little bit more about Muay Thai
0: and that's what it's about. And for listeners that are jumping in from a different martial arts background because we get people from across the board here, what is Muay Thai and how is it different from kickboxing?
3: Um, so I would say it's a Thai kickboxing. We used to call it um, egg weapon um, strike because you use, you know, two hands, two elbows, two knees and two um feet yeah Yeah. um we it i think it started when we were back in the war when thai and myanmar um, were in the war and it taught um in for the military and they used that as the self-defense and it's also uh, taught in a loyal family as well Um, what I was going to say, the difference between kickboxing and Muay Thai would be the clinching, I believe, because kickboxing you can't really grabbing them and then do the knees and that's a big part of Muay Thai that, you know, you're clinching and um, you you dominating someone's in the grappling.
0: Yes, it's pretty much as scary as a striking sport could be.
3: <laughs> yes, and elbow, which is, you know, the <laughs> more central part. <laughs>
0: have you both been cut no haven't been cut you've cut people though (laughs) she was covering her face all embarrassed
3: I haven't but um I got cut on my last fight on my nose and that broke my nose as well with um in Whitney Tuna fight that's my first cut
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so Muay Thai can be a little bit scary, but I think that's just on the surface. You know, um, Sai, who's one of the promoters here in Melbourne, always has a poster when we go into fights saying, like, display beautiful Muay Thai. And I think that that's really the side that you both have experienced is that it's just such an expression of yourself and your style of fighting. And, you know, it's very spiritual and steeped in history. So it's a pretty incredible sport if anyone hasn't checked it out. We might dig into each of your backgrounds so one at a time if you want to introduce yourself a bit in a bit more detail and talk about how you started Muay Thai.
2: Okay so hi I'm Joe. I am a fighter coming out from Eight Blades Warrior. Um, I'm a personal trainer, um, I coach Muay Thai and also a business owner. Um, I have a fight record of 14 fights, three losses um, and one KO. Um, so a little bit about my back, uh, background, um, I I'm the eldest of three siblings, so I've got a brother and a sister. Um, My mother looked after all three of us, so she was a single mother. Um, Amazing woman, watched her um, all throughout my life hustling, so I got a lot of my um, hustle from her. Um, I moved around a fair bit when I was growing up, so I had a pretty tough um, childhood, and I moved all around different states and then i ended up moving to america for a short period for three years and from there i came back to melbourne and that's where my life settled down a little bit um and yeah that's a little bit about my background and
0: yeah some and what about your background
3: yep so um same with Joe. So I train and fight out of Eggblades Warriors Gym now. We are a training partner, Joe and I. I've um, been doing Muay Thai for five and a half years now. I started with Don Miller at Superfight. Um, my record is 10 pro 7 wins, and I've got two on my shirts. Um, same outside. The, uh, outside of the training, I'm a personal trainer, so I work for Fernwood and Twenty Three W Gym. Both of them are female-only gym, so that's how um you know I'm a big believer of the <laughs> woman empowerment. And as you can probably tell, um from I'm Thai, can tell from my accent, um I was born in Bangkok and I moved here when I was seventeen to study university. Then I moved to Melbourne about 10 years ago, and that's how my Muay Thai journey started.
0: Okay, let's talk about Muay Thai. So we'll start with Song, your first class. What was it like, your first experience with Muay Thai?
3: <laughs> so have to say that, you know, people think that I should have started Muay Thai when I was young because I'm Thai, but never. <laughs> I started from Taekwondo when I was 13. But then when I moved to Melbourne, I just came out of the um, long-term relationship and I kind of I want to find something that distract me from you know a negative thought keep myself busy so I joined like a normal commercial gym and then I got bored of the workouts and then I was living opposite to um super fight gym at that time and then I saw this gym with um they retain Muay Thai in Thai word and I'm like okay if I'm gonna start Muay Thai you know I must choose somewhere that kind of authentic and i thought okay they must know what they're doing because it's a thai letter word so i went in there for my first class and um yeah just got hooked from then it's everyone was so friendly um o'neill was the coach back then and you know he welcomed me really well everyone was really nice and yeah
0: and what about you joe
2: um so how i started muay thai yeah is that the yeah so i've always actually wanted to fight and the thing is, like, I was, I was, I'm a firm, I don't know, like, everything that led up to the day that I started. Um, so, we just got back from America and I just started settling in, but then I sort of started to go out a lot because I just turned 18 and I was just like, you know, having the, the, Typical teenage years, I'm just enjoying life a little bit, but I created a lot of bad habits and I literally just decided one day when I woke up, I was like, you know, I need to change my lifestyle and this isn't the way I want to live. And I was following um, Chris Newins progress throughout the time that I've met him. So he started at 16. I think he, he started Muay Thai and kickboxing around about 16 years old. And I was friends with him um, around about then too. So I got to see the progress and how he changed as a person. And I, when I bumped into him, I was like, Hey Chris, like, you know, how's Muay Thai, how's, how's training going? And he would always tell me, Joe, get started, you know, just come to class. And, you know, and I would always be like, okay, yeah, you know, let's do it. But, not really. (laughs) I just was so afraid to jump into um, environment where it's like, I'm like the only female in class. And that was like a fear of mine before I started, because I was like, oh, looking at all his videos and all his pictures, it was all male. Everyone in the class was male figures. So then I was really afraid. I was just like, nah, I'll do it. Like, you know, I'll do it someday. Someday I'll do it. But I knew I wanted to fight, but I didn't know how I was gonna get started. So, as I was saying before, one day I woke up and I was like, okay, I really need to change the lifestyle. I, I woke up from a massive hangover. <laughs> literally, I was like, no, no more. This is not the life I wanna live. Like, literally, that day I signed up to um, a gym. I, I was just like Muay Thai. And the first thing that popped up was, I think it was Dominance, um, Dynamite, and like a few other gyms. And I signed up. For all of them, whoever came back to me first, I signed up for. So Dominus was the first person or the first gym that replied back to me. And I did the first trial and I was hooked. Um, Chris Cortez coached me um, for the many years that I trained Muay Thai. And then eventually I um, started training under eight blades under boy. But yeah, that's a little bit of my backstory on why I started Muay Thai.
0: So that's starting out with just doing one session and then coming back, cause you were like, oh, it's fun. Both of you were like, "Oh, the community's amazing. Like it's actually not as scary as I kind of thought it was once you actually get into it, even though it's all guys, but stepping in the ring is like much more scary. It's just you, and there's this like other person trying to really hit you. So Joe, you said you wanted, you wanted to fight even before you started training.
2: Yeah. Um, so it's more about fighting. It was more about like, I wanted to see if I could get myself there. Like, I don't know what it was, but when I watched fighters on TV, I was like, oh, my God, that's so cool. Even though I, this is, like, before I even started training, I was like, oh, my God, like, you know, um, karate kids, wax on, wax off, and yeah. I really loved that. Like, I was like, oh, my God, I can do that. So I would go to the kitchen and literally wipe dishes and be like, wax on, wax off, <laughs> and do with the chores and, like, hope for that one day that I could do a martial art because as I was growing up, my mum didn't think Muay Thai or any martial art was suitable for a female. So she thought that, you know, it's a male dominant sport, it's violent. And as I was growing up, I was faced with a lot of domestic violence. So my mum thought, you know, Muay Thai fighting, you know, it's not, it's not good. Like, you know, uh, violence isn't for, for anyone that's what my mom would tell us but in my in the back of my mind I was like when I get to the right age I will start martial art but I just didn't know when (laughs) and yeah so that just sparked something in me and I just went for it
0: and what about you Som did you want to fight from the beginning or did you keep training and then sort of like ease your way into it what was your journey like yeah,
3: totally opposite from Joe. Never thought that I would do something like that. Well, I competed in Taekwondo, but, you know, it's like everything padding from head to toes. So I actually started Muay Thai just because I want to be fit, just like everybody else that got into fitness. And um, Don is the you know, big believer that everyone could fight if you want to. So he really played a big part in um, getting me into the fight. So I got there, and then he's like, six months, yeah, you can, you can go in and fight in a pro fight and I'm like oh, well, I don't know what I'm doing so I'm just like oh yeah 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 and then suddenly got trained with the fighters and then got into the ring I'm still like huh is this real like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so yeah after first fight and I just it's addictive and yeah <laughs> from then
0: Absolutely. I think there's like, it's addictive going to class and then it's just like a whole other level of adrenaline addiction that comes from fighting. Not to say that you have to fight ever. Like, you know, there's so many people who are just comfortable being a part of the gym and the community and learning something cool, but like you're stepping in the ring at like, and finishing a fight at the end too. is just like this big, like,
1: <gasps> <Sorry>.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like oh, it's okay. I'm still, I'm still here. I'm still alive It was awesome. <laughs> um, so let's talk about mental health a bit more. So the purpose of this podcast isn't just to say that women can also fight, which is is certainly one of the big parts of it, is also to say that I think it's really important for women to learn how to defend themselves, to feel empowered in their bodies, and to learn that they are just as capable of performing all the fighting movements as, as what men's bodies are. So can either of you speak to the impact that Muay Thai has had on your mental health?
2: So I would say that mental health is so, so important in any martial arts in daily life. So when I first started Muay Thai, I would say that I'm like a completely different person to what I am today, and it was due to the process of, like, training, being disciplined, growing that confidence, and it was just a, it was a journey in itself. And I realised in the last couple of years, I realised if I wanted to be a better fighter, I had to change my mindset and become a better person at the same time. So I was like, okay, how am I going to achieve this? The the way I achieved it was actually listening to podcasts every day. Nothing negative, no, no political stuff, no news, nothing like that. It's actually just self-confidence, um, how to overcome self-doubt, how to come negative talk, how to like, improve on your life so I just like literally got went on YouTube and said how do I build my confidence how do I get rid of this negative talk and literally I was just listening to podcast after podcast I had a goal for myself one year I literally listened to a 365 podcast so I listened to a one podcast a day and this has literally changed the way I think about life in itself like there's so much more that we can give and through listening to this, um, this has made me a better, uh, made me become a better fighter, due to the fact that it's changed my mindset on how to view um, training, how to view communicating with people, how to push through um, barriers where. Um, you're overthinking like a negative thought when you're in training, just say we're, we're sparring, And then you have a negative thought it's Like I can't do it. I can't do it. But then you're like, actually, no, let's change that mindset next round and be like, okay, I can land that punch. So when you start training with like Chris and um, Alexi and stuff like that, they don't let you hit them. So, and Song too, like, it's so hard. Like when I'm clinching with her, she won't let me do things. So, I have to push through that mindset and be like, yes, I can do it. You know, changing that mindset within one round, it's, it's a life changer. Like you just have to trick your mind. So there's like things that I do to trick my mind um, is like I, I sort of lie to myself. Back then I hated clinching and I would say, I love clinching. Literally before the cl- we clinch, I'm like, I really love clinching.
0: You can turn on really the podcast, it's fun. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like you know, I'll sit there because back then I would sit in the corner and be like, no, I'm not clinching. I'm sitting in the corner, in the white corner. I'm like, mm, I'm not going to touch. I don't want to do it because I was so bad at it. I was, I would say that when I came to eight blades, I could clinch, but I couldn't. I couldn't outbeat anyone with my movement because I couldn't get through. Because these guys are taller than me, stronger than me. I just had that mindset. I'm like, I'm, I'm not that great, so I'm not going to do it. But then I pushed myself and I tricked my mind by saying, hey, I really, really love clinching. So every single time we start clinching, I'm like, I love clinching, I love clinching. And then when I started getting better and I started to improve, I actually, I really do miss clinching now. Like I love it so much because it's an art where the more you do it, the more you understand your body and the movement. And once you understand that movement, it will take you to that next level. And yeah, so positive mindset or even mindset in in itself is a massive thing in fighting. People say that it's 80% mindset before jumping in the ring. Because if you don't believe in yourself before you fight, you've lost the fight even before you stepped in. So I believe that it's 80% on fight day. If you don't believe in yourself, you've lost the fight. Just, you know, there's no point of you fighting if you don't even believe in yourself. And it's 20% physical because 20% of you've done the hard work, right? So you've done all the training, you've done the endless hours. What more can you do? The only thing you can do is go there and have some fun. I have a mantra before I jump in the ring. I'm like, you know, all the hard part is done. Now this is the fun part. Let's go out there and put on a show. And that's every single fight show, I've, I've I've told my coach every single time, that's what I say to myself before I step out in the ring. So that's why I pump up the crowd because I'm like, you know, let's have fun when we're walking down the aisle or walking down to the ring. Like, let's just make a, you know, make everyone like smile or let them step, uh, like, you know, stand on their feet and get the crowd, you know, roaring. That's, that's the funnest part. It's just getting everyone involved and Yeah. No, so I'm really passionate that. in this. <laughs> it's good. It's, it's I all, love I mean, positive mindset stuff. Like self-development is so important. And I just want everyone to know
1: this.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think too, everybody kind of assumes like, oh, Joanne's been like fighting forever and they see like the end result. They're like, oh, she must have just always had this mindset. Like no. the, these like songs, like doing so, like when like when you won the belt and stuff and everyone was, you know, the people in the audience are sitting there thinking, oh, she's, she's a fighter, she's got the fighter's mindset, like, that's the reason why she's one is because she always had this. It's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, they had to work hard to get to there. They just were, like, regular people beforehand.
2: Yeah, 100%. I, I really believe that. What yeah, about you, Sam? Yeah, I
3: think, like, why Muay Thai is actually, like, hell with mental health, like, not – if we talk about just the normal people that just do Muay Thai and no fighting first, I think – building confidence is really important in that it actually gives you more confidence in yourself. So thinking about it, you're like, you know, you used to be so scared. You're not sure what to do. And then you come to the Muay Thai class, you learn a little bit and you can kick and you're like, Oh my God, I can kick head kick. And you're like oh, oh my god why, how can I do that so you know it gives you the confidence that I don't think you never had for yourself and that actually make you believe in yourself more and that's how it's actually improving your mental health so okay you at that stage you come and then you you have more confidence of what you can do more um, if you do more Thai then you come to the fighter part of it of fighting and then you go into your first fight and then you're like First thing, you need to pass the fight camp. And then how do you do that? You need to train hard. So pretty much you have to push yourself beyond what you normally do. And when you do that, of course, it feels torturing at that time. But when you pass it, you're like, oh, my God, I could do it. And, you know, and it comes to the everyday life. Like you would push beyond what you used to. And that's how um, Muay Thai or martial arts come and apply to your everyday. Then you jump into your first fight. And then you're like, oh, my God, a few hours before the fight is like the most scary in your life. But then what? You passed it. And then you've done your first fight. And you're like, holy shit, I could do that. And like, you know, you passed the most scariest thing in your life. So what else could you be scared of in your life? And yeah, I think that's how it um, comes to how could it improve your mental health if you do martial arts and, you know, all the discipline, all the patience? Because you can't be angry, you can't be emotional when you do the all these things. You need to, you know, be aware of what is going to come. You can't let your anger go over you. So all these things that you would learn from martial arts or Muay Thai that you can actually apply for your everyday life, I think it, there's a lot of good like benefits and advantages in there that everyone should do it.
0: Yeah, definitely. The staying present in the ring thing applies so well outside to life that you don't just instantly react to everything anyone does. Cause mm-hmm. yeah, that's a quick way to get knocked out, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The one negative side, I think, to fight sports that I like to make sure we talk about both sides on this show is the weight cutting and what that does to your mental health in terms of body image. Can either of you or both of you speak to what it's like going through the weight cuts and the weight class that you fight in?
2: Ah, weight cut, weight cut, (laughs) weight cut. What can we say? Um, This is probably my least favourite part of fighting but then also again it's getting through that weight cut that you feel so good when you jump on the scale and make weight that's the best feeling you're like yes i did it (laughs) you know and that's a long it's a long journey like it takes around about three days or four days depending on your weight cut to get you to your fight weight right so I'll I'll give you guys one of my experiences that I we uh, I went through was I was I think I had a fight against Whitney Tuna and we were fighting at 52 kilos. And I would say this was probably my hardest weight cut. Um, I was weighing close to the fight weight. I think I was two kilos off, so or one one and a bit off. And um, I I had my period that night of. So I weighed myself that morning and I was literally five kilos heavier than what I was when I went to bed. So imagine that you're on your period, you're stressing out for your fight. And then also you have to lose all this weight before, you know, uh, before your weigh-in. So literally I had um, 12 hours to get this weight off. So I I went to the sauna and I was there literally the whole entire day. Um, This put a lot of um, pressure on my body because I hate the heat. I hate the sauna. (laughs) I really despise like being sweaty and sitting in the same spot for endless hours. And it's probably not good for you as well. You're dehydrating your body and your cells, right? (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah. So I was in the sauna for the whole day and I only had Ten or fifteen minutes just to drive myself to the weigh-ins. So I was lucky that I, my teammate um, Spring Sia, uh, she she literally wrapped me up in the towel. I got changed in the car, and then we got to the weigh-ins on six o'clock. So it was it was a it was the hardest w- um, weight cut that I had to experience. So I try not to fight at fifty-two anymore because it's just way too hard for me. And I get scared now to get down to that weight. I think it was because of that weight cut. Um, And another experience that I had leading up to like my first fight, like I would, um, I wouldn't eat. Like I was scared to like eat. It was like two weeks out and I was eating literally a boiled egg and a can of tuna. If I was lucky, i would eat two cans of tuna. Imagine that and then training three or four hours a day um, absorbing just so little so my emotions were low my my energy was low my just everything was low and I you couldn't talk to me and I would, just didn't want to talk to anyone as well I didn't I didn't have the energy to so for two weeks I would eat nothing and yeah I'll make weight easy I made weight easy um and then um the past probably several fights with me and some like every fight camp now um, we have a nutritionist that we um we talk to and I can eat more now um, I have more energy and I look ripped. <laughs> like, this is the first time, like, I would seek help, and we felt good. Like, we were eating so much food, and I'm, I'm like, Some are we allowed to eat this? just like, Joe, eat, you'll be fine. And I was, sh- like, changing my mindset to believe that I can eat so much, like, so much food, and be able to burn it all off. So, I was really, um, I was really shocked. Like I was so, so shocked that we could eat so much calories and lose so much. And that really shifted my mind. So I do highly recommend, um, a nutritionist. If you're training, fighting, like it doesn't need to be fighting. It could just be swimming or any other sports. Even if you're training at the gym, I think it's very important to, uh, manage what you eat, what energy you're getting from foods. Like you, you don't know when you don't know, right? Absolutely. So if you you get that advice from like a professional, they can actually break it down for you and you can, yeah, the world is endless when you've got that information in your hands.
0: What about you, Sam?
2: Yeah,
3: uh, this is actually like the most important topic that I want to say in fighting. I think it could be in a negative way if you make it to be, and especially like with the sport industry that make it to be as well and I think it doesn't need to be like that and we need to change it and I want to make my voice out there if I can so pretty much it seems like everyone cuts so much to fight but why, why would you torture yourself why don't you actually fight somewhere closer to your walking around with and be as strong as you could you know, like why do you have to do that the reason is because everyone's doing it so why don't everyone just stop doing it and then just fight closer to your walking around with So I'm one of the lucky people that I have a high metabolism. So if I train hard, my weight just came off so easy. Um, So, and I, I find quite close to my walking around weight and I try not to go any lower than that. So that's one thing about me. The only struggle I have is I love eating and you can ask Joe, I eat so much, like you wouldn't can tell that I could eat and that, that, it's a struggle when I do a weight cut because I want to eat all the time. And that's why we seek the um, nutrition uh, nutritionist advice. Just make sure that I could eat as much as possible, still can train really hard for the fight and, uh, you know, can still cut weight in a proper way. So I would recommend any fighters, you should really seek a professional help. If you want to do a weight cut in a proper way, don't put yourself in danger zone. You see so many news like, you know, really bad about weight cut and it doesn't need to be that bad it could be better and you know you could do better if you do it a proper way so do some research seek professional help and fight closer to your weight cut that's my uh not wet cut I mean you're uh, walking around with that's my suggestion
0: <laughs> yeah I think it's really important to, to- that that we highlight that more. Like I can say for myself, like my walking around weight is so much higher than the weight that I have fought at. And it was partly like, that was what everyone else in the gym was doing. That was what um, coaches were suggesting. And also co- my coaches got really excited when I was like, yeah, I think I could get down to 54. They were like, really? Like, okay, like if you think you can do it. And I was like, okay, yeah, I could do it because I didn't believe that I could like do well at a higher weight class and I'm tall, right? Like I'm much taller than both of you, but like in the same weight class. So I think I'm going to move up when COVID goes away and we get to go back, which is kind of annoying because it means that I like maybe won't get to end up fighting some of the people I wanted to fight again. But I think it's just not worth it. Like it's not worth getting your body so run down that you stop having your period. Like that's really common in lots of female fighters. Like I never had, I've never had my period the day before cause I didn't have my period for years. Cause I was so mm-hmm. underweight when I was fighting at 54. Yeah. Wow. yeah. yeah oh so, that's, that's what, if most girls who you like to, you shouldn't be down there. That's a common thing. It happens in lots of, lots of female athletes. So this part of my motivation for starting this podcast. I was like, yeah, I can handle my heart, say that like I was way too skinny and I, I didn't look good. I wasn't healthy. And I think doing like what Joe says, the mindset work is the most like the most important thing. If you do the mindset work and then you believe in yourself, then you don't believe like, oh, the only way I'm going to win a fight is if I'd be the smallest possible weight that, that I could possibly be.
3: Yeah. And also the habit of like after the fight and the fighters would go and eat a blown up, and then you cut wet and then blow up up, cut wet. It's a really like bad circle that you shouldn't be. So if you want to be a fighter, be professional, do it properly, maintain your healthy weight, you know, make sure you eat good. <laughs>
2: Just <yeah. laughs> I'm that yo yo. So like, if anyone's on that page, I am literally that. Like I blow out and then I lose it again and I'll blow out again. So i like, she maintains it throughout the year. I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to go and enjoy myself for the next one or two weeks and then back into training.
0: Yeah, I think one or two weeks is okay. But. Yeah. <laughs> What about the body image things around that too? So there's all these photos of you both, like when you're standing on the scale, you know, the weigh-in photos, that's when you're like at your absolute most shredded you could possibly be because you've done all this dieting leading up to that week and then you've done the weight cut itself. How do you go with looking at those photos? And then after you've done your couple of weeks afterwards, do you have any body image issues around that? How do you deal with that? Does that affect you? I head wet in photo. It's like the worst photo of me. <laughs> I
3: look like I'm dehydrated. I look horrible like a zombie. So that's not definitely not my uh, favorite photo. I think the the best part for me is like two words, like maybe three weeks out of the fight when like, you know, your body fat is getting lower and you can see your abs. That's probably the only thing I say. You know, I look strong. I still can go on a patch, but I look ripped. Yeah, but not, not the weight in for sure. <laughs> um, body image, is not really my thing so like you know if I have apps oh that's good but I want to be strong so if I can choose between I can lift heavier and or look shredded and not strong I'd rather be stronger
0: and yeah that's my personal <laughs> there's <no> thing. <laughs> what about you Jo
2: um so this is like yeah I'm I'm like similar to some like I don't really mind what i look like but the only thing that's the aftermath of that picture and what you look like for that like weeks coming up to that fight you look thinner than you usually are right so like when i get out of like one or two weeks out of fight camp people are like damn you've gained a lot of weight but i'm like i'm average like i'm actually at my healthy average weight because everyone is so used to seeing me so thin. Like sometimes I gain like maybe five kilos, but this is like a normal weight. I, like I checked. I was like, oh, they're calling me fat? Like I I get so, so upset when people call me fat. And I was like, but I'm actually like walking at 60, right? Or like 50, 58. And, and I was like, it's because you've, you see me at a very – light and anorexic type of weight where I'm like super thin. My chin is, my, my, cheekbones are like indented. Like you can't compare that photo to my natural walking weight. It's just like, it, it's really, sometimes it gets to me when people are like, damn, you've, you've gained a bit of weight when I'm actually at an average weight. Like I'm actually at a normal, healthy weight. And it, it's just like hard for people to see that you don't always have to have that, you know, skinny figure to be healthy. Like I could still be at walk weight and looked lean and ripped as, you know, as ever. So as some said before, like I rather have a stronger body and I can go through rounds and hit pads hard and not have abs, it's completely fine. Like I'm happy the way I am after fight camp or before fight camp or even during fight camp. I'm happy the way I am throughout the whole process. Like I'm. you just have to be content of who you are and what you want to be. Like if you're – I know I said that I was like a little bit down about it, but if you're happy with yourself, it shouldn't matter what people say.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I think it's a good point to make to everybody out there to say, it's probably just not a good idea to comment on fighter's weights, like ever, yeah. you know, like you're probably never going to say something that's that useful if they're in like deep into fight camp and you say like, oh, you're looking so good. The person's going to be like in their head, maybe like, oh, damn it. Like the only time I look good is when I'm like yeah. so deep into fight camp. And it's just, it's not sustainable. You can't always be fight ready But like, that, that couple weeks before when you're training so hard, if you train like that all the time, you would be sick all the time. You just couldn't yeah. do it. And same as afterwards, maybe like just don't make the comment afterwards because like what fighters are doing, going, going up and down in their weights to weight cut isn't, isn't the picture of what is a healthy person it's not if you were thinking like what's the optimal thing i could do for my health i wouldn't say i think you should sign up and have four fights a year and do four weight cuts a year and that's probably going to be the best thing for your health like it's not however it's part of the sport that that you know we're doing as athletes and that's i think the message that gets kind of mixed up in people's heads is they assume that like athlete equals healthy and it, it just it doesn't always 100%.
2: Hmm. 100%. I totally agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about
0: JS Muay Thai a little bit more, as I love what you ladies are doing. What have been some of the experiences so far? How are women going? How is it different to training in the male dominated groups? What's it been like? JS Muay Thai started with. Um,
3: Egg week course, How to Muay Thai 101. That's the first um, thing we started off last year, September. So, in a few days, it's going to be happy Woo! birthday. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> our, our mission or our purpose is to, you know, um, bring Muay Thai um, to more people to know, and at the same time, for someone that as I said, female they often feel, um, you know, scared or nervous, intimidated in the female. Uh, sorry, in the male-dominated sports or like in a normal mixed gym. So we want to have that for female that they can actually do this. Start off for eight weeks, and you learn the fundamentals of Muay Thai. So you learn everything: punch, kick, knee, everything. And then after eight weeks, you can see whether you like it. If you really like it you can go to any other gym and continue your Muay Thai journey because you already know it. You have a confidence that, oh, you can jump into any class and then you know know what they're talking about because most of the time when you go to the gym, you have some people that already been there. They said, okay, Japanese, and you're like, what is Japanese? but from this course you actually learn all the basics and then you can actually go and when they say Japanese punch, kick and then you could go, oh yeah, I can do that. <laughs> and also um, we, we want to make them feel comfortable in the community that everyone support everyone. So even though you finish 8 week course, we still keep in touch. We still want to support you no matter what you want to do in the Muay Thai journey or even in life. You know, if you have your first amateur fight, we'll be there. We support you. We want to support each other. And that's, that's what we want to make
2: for JS Muay Thai. And- um, yeah, so we our vision is to literally create a fun, enjoyable environment for the, um, females to support females um, through the art of Muay Thai. So we really wanted to build this community. Even if it's a small community, it's completely fun, but we wanted to build a close-niche community where we can actually, like, send positive, like, you know, tips on how to get through ISO or, like, just to like support each other and like especially keeping each other accountable, especially during this time, because like, everyone's just like, nah, I don't want to do anything. You know, we're just, we're just at home. We don't want to, you know, you lose that motivation because we've got so many uncertain, like we're, we're going through um, so much uncertainty, like of whether anything's going to open up in two weeks. It's, it probably isn't, but we, we don't know. Right. And it's just been this, this journey has, like, dragged on for, like, how long now? Six to... Six months, months? yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Six months. And, like, um, yeah, so we built this community where we could, like, keep each other accountable, setting goals, making sure they achieve them. So I'm always messaging them, like, hey, have you done your steps? Hey, have you, you know, achieved your weight loss goals or whatever it is? So so you've got someone there to, like, support you um, through this time because it's, it's, it's like a family. Like, you... You're there to help each other out, in especially during the hard times. Like even me and some, like sometimes we ask each other, like, hey, have you done your your runs or, you know, stuff like that. So we keep each other accountable that way as well. For me, I, I've, I keep myself accountable by checking on everyone. So by me texting them, I'm like, oh, I could run too. Like it's my turn to run. I haven't done my run yet. So it keeps me in check as well. Um, and, yeah. That's just, like, a part of our vision. Did you want to add on
3: that? Yeah, just to top up that. sorry. Um, So, like, for example, if someone wants to, you know, go on your first fight, and I don't think we have any, you know, much information about how do you cut weight. If you're a female fighter, you know, how do you go to fight camp because female is so emotional, and, you know, normally guys or male coach wouldn't understand why you're crying at this time and things like that. So... We want to like let them know our experience or you know be in a group that they can ask and want to make things easier for them. Like they don't have to go through what we went through in a hard way. We want to make it easier for them and yeah, like educate them. So that that's for someone that wants to go into a fighter or fighting journey. A little bit more about JS and how we progress. So we started our first egg we call last year at our home gym, Eggblade in Altona. And we finish that one and then we move on to do another egg week course at um, 23W Gym in Preston. But then because of the pandemic, so we have to stop halfway. So we hope to um, go back there once the restriction is up. And from then, once the pandemic started, we need to change our um, you know, normal course into like an online platform which first I saw was not really a thing because I think everyone still knew and still confused of what's going on. But then the second I saw it's actually quite successful that we got a lot more people on board and we just help each other, um, motivating during this time. So our, our goals, actually, if it's not because of the pandemic, we would have done it already, but it had to stop. So we want to go around Melbourne and actually do our eight week course everywhere so we're thinking we're going to go to east side and then um south south uh, southern suburbs and you know just around the melbourne to create and expand our community
0: so like going into different gyms and doing like like an eight-week seminar at at gyms yeah yeah correct yeah ah, that's awesome i love that oh well, hopefully i mean in the future once we get to go back to gyms and stuff you guys can come to absolute Oh, you probably don't need us
3: <laughs>
0: I think it would still go down really well we tried to build like a bigger women's only community but there's not really much like women's only Muay Thai there's a big women's only jitsu because the jitsu is so big at absolute MMA but uh the the women's only it's not it's not as big it's just like self-driven but it's not it's not as much driven by the gym. So yeah, you guys should definitely come and
2: and help people out there. We would love to. Yeah. <laughs> if, if that yeah, if you can like organize that, we would be happy to do one eight week course through you guys.
0: Definitely. Yeah, I think even the online stuff like doing some cross collaboration I think everyone's looking for little challenges and stuff to do and connecting with different people online which is a really cool thing right like um, there's girls that I used to train with from overseas who have now moved back overseas and we're now like training together again online because everybody's training online so all the classes are online but I've seen you guys are doing like some challenges and stuff on your Instagram so if people wanted to like get involved with those what kind of things are you doing?
2: um so the first one was a 30 second video of your training so it doesn't need to be muay thai combos or anything like that it could just be you lifting weights just 30 seconds and then um just tag us a js muay thai and then ta- like tag three friends to nominate them to keep them active and to keep each other motivated and keep each other accountable right so we just wanted to get everyone involved and um hopefully like get the word out like you know let's let's get active let's do something even if it's 30 seconds it doesn't matter like at least you're getting started right at least you're doing something and um we're like hoping to yeah help as many people along the way especially during this pandemic we just want to like say it's okay to not be okay
0: (laughs) yeah Yeah. I think once you do 30 seconds of exercise too, you're probably going to keep going. It's like once you've done 30 seconds, you're like, oh, well, I'm here. I may as well just keep hitting the bag a bit or whatever you're doing.
2: Yeah, exactly. So it's just like that 30 seconds that get you started. And hopefully that would, um, yeah, hopefully you'll get a full 30 or an hour session out of it. It's just like a mind trick, right? You just suddenly tell yourself, oh, it's only for 30 seconds, but then it might end up to be like several several minutes or hours or whatever.
3: Yeah, and that's, that's how it actually helped motivate me during this um, lockdown. You know, you wake up, you don't want to do a workout, you're in a house, but I normally go through my Instagram, of course, just like everyone when you wake up. And then you see all these people training um, video clip and, they're like, oh, my God, I need to do it. So that that's how this challenge comes. Um, started off so like oh you know we want to make them feel oh my god no oh, yeah you do you 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 train and then it make you want to train too <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah I love it I love it I'll post up the um the links to it on the Fight Back project as well and our instagram and hopefully we can get more people going and as you get more challenges going along I think everything that we can do to stay connected to the various communities and especially the the martial arts communities are just, I think, the most kind of welcoming and all inclusive. They're very non-judgmental, and you know, it's a special kind of bond that you form with people that you train with, especially in person, but just in general, anyway.
2: Yeah, we
3: we look forward to your video, Georgia, from from today.
0: <laughs> thirty second, thirty second video. I think apparently we're doing some boxing today after <laughs> No, yeah. I promise. I promise. Hand on my heart. I'll post a video today. It's Thank nearly you. two o'clock. <laughs> and what's next for both of you in terms of fighting? Like if when COVID clears, do you both still have plans to keep fighting? What are your big goals?
2: Um, I'll, I'll, Okay, I'll go. I'll go first. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I'm definitely going to go back into it. So when everything opens up, I'm just going to train hard and, pick up any opportunity that comes my way. So even if it's through boxing, kickboxing, Muay Thai, whatever it is, I will take it. Like I'm, I'm just ready and fired up to fight because I was faced with an injury for mm. a, uh, a year and I was out for one year, and now if we, we're in a pandemic. That's another year. That's two years of me not fighting and not training. So it's just like it's gotten to that point where I'm like, I'm not getting any younger. I need to get out there and get as many fights under my belt and see where it takes me. If I don't do it now, it's it, I'm never going to be able to do it. So hopefully in two weeks if we're opening up again and I'm just going to go head head forward and all in and see where it takes me
3: yeah same with joe you know um as soon as these all things open up whatever comes through we're just gonna take opportunities and get many as many fires as possible we already lost almost a year now
0: Yeah. yeah and if people want to find js muay thai on social medias and connect with you guys where can everyone find you yeah, so um, if you
3: search Facebook JS Muay Thai, then it will just come up as our page straight away. Same as um, Instagram, JS Muay Thai, and then you can follow us or even like our individual Instagram page.
0: Which is?
3: Which is um, for my, my one, so double S and then my name. So double you know, on Instagram. Cool.
2: And my one is just Joanne, three E's and laugh. That's it.
0: (laughs) I'll put the details for both of your individual Instagrams and the JS Muay Thai Instagram and your Facebook page in the show notes for this episode when it comes out as a podcast and on YouTube. So anyone who's listening will be able to easy click on those links. Um, Is there any other messages that either of you or both of you have for all the women out there listening? I just want to say it like, you know, all the girls out there
3: that you have doubt in yourself, you know, you you should be confident. You should believe in yourself and you, like me, I never thought that I would ever be a fighter and here I am. So if you want to do something but you're not sure about, don't wait till you're ready. You know, you will never be ready, especially if you want to do a fight, just do it if you're costing you already, you know, you are train hard for it, just do it. So just action it. Same as our JS Muay Thai, you know, you, everyone has a dream, but if we never action it, we would never become JS Muay Thai today. So believe in yourself, surround yourself with the people that believe in you too. You know, if you think that you in a negative environment or be with like toxic relationship, why would you want to be in that, you know, our team, like me, I have a really good support. Joe and I, do, you know, we always just giving up, uh, give us each other a positive um, support. So find some, five people that actually want to support in what you do and just leave whoever else that don't support you because they're not important. If they matter to you, they will support what you do. So that's my um, suggestion or, you know, want to give it out to you, believe
2: in yourself and find the people that support you. I love it. So what I um, have to say is be kind, be kind to yourself, especially during this time. We we are so caught up in what we used to do. And now that it's, we're trapped and we're in a completely different um, environment, like it's not the same. So we don't compare to several months ago. Cause like I was struggling with this and um, I'm a very high achiever. I've got a massive to-do list and I'm like, tick, 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 tick. But during ISO, I just couldn't achieve those, those things because my mindset wasn't there and I wasn't ready to like, I wasn't in that mindset to do it because I was trapped. Right. So I want to tell you guys this, be kind. Like it's okay not to be okay. And if you need a hand, make sure you reach out to your close friends, um, anyone that's in your circle that can uplift you and like just listen to you. Uh, reach out because this is the time where you need your friends the most. If you can, go on a Zoom meeting or even pick up a call, call someone. And if you don't have anyone, reach out to us. Like me and some are always. to have a chat message us directly on facebook instagram and we'll we'll be happy to have like um, a chat anytime you guys want so yeah so you're not in this alone we will get out of this and we'll be um we'll get we'll be better and stronger than ever so let's get get through this iso and let's tick some goals off
0: perfect i love it thank you both so much for coming on the show thank you so much
2: for having us thank you so much for having us
0: Thank you so much for listening to the Fight Back podcast. Please give me a like on YouTube, leave me a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you to Nari for the beautiful song Shape Me, which is heard at the beginning and the end of this episode. Nari wrote this song about Shape Your Life, which is a boxing program for self identified female survivors of violence in Canada. She wrote this song using the words and experiences shared by participants with Kathy Van Ingen. And you can find out more more about shape your life in my interview with Kathy, with Kathy, um, in episode eight of the fight back podcast. And of course you can hear more of Nari's work by going to her Instagram at Nari the saga. See you next time.
1: shapes me but me don't gotta tell you what my name is i don't gotta explain it walk in the room hear a boom erupting like i'm famous i'm here shedding shells i'm shameless i fear nothing no complacence to many tight ropes with no hope so i became this poster they hold over all the heads of trauma holders you don't need to know my history i move boulders atlas shrugged because i lifted the weight above his shoulders no pretense of defense move first like chess soldiers this goes deeper than empowerment because huh, i'm the one that power it physical meets mental challenge me to keep devouring if i can't change the scenery at least i change perspectives no longer isolated but elevated and selective darkest places become beautiful spaces this is where rage meets patience meets power meets gracious meets we're so glad you came in the feeling is contagious when you the walking impact of intended bad intentions when you the manifest enough collecting all their tensions you the soul and body hold it all and still remember but i'm a work in progress testament to all contenders forgot what it was like to have control over self forgot what it was like to be the one in charge forgot in my reflection i could see all my wealth forgot that with my bare hands i break all these bars barriers and obstacles they can't cage me they Can't chronicle all my experiences and reduce them to appearances when I was truly beaten gave myself clearances to fall down mess up and get myself back up I'm not looking for clovers cause I don't believe in luck damn you were badass I heard them say it clearly why thank you very much I know now I'm not weary of what's next for me cause I expect to see growth like I was planted watered fed and bloomed to be the positivity and accountability when they won't step if I'm the agent of my agency i think i found my voice again huh i think i found my voice again huh i'm not sorry i'm not sorry you're oh, the end where i begin boundaries i know them well take a breath and meditate who is she i know her well now i get to open gates one two one two i don't need your permission and if you get a comfortable then use your intuition to know that i won't stay where respect is ever missing and everything i do that's me making decisions is truly underrated the value of self-worth forgot that i was rich from the moment of my birth a penny for my thoughts no really you can't afford it you cannot buy my story rewrite it hold record it you cannot buy my story rewrite it whole record it huh!